Welcome to Save the Cowboy. This is Pastor Kevin Weatherby, and I invite you to saddle up and ride with us as we strike a trot to the backside of God's green pastures and learn how to live for Him. We were in right outside of Imperial, Texas, and uh, we were getting ready to go gather some cattle, and, and we all kind of got ready, and we went through this gate, and there's about seven or eight of us. And I'd never been in this pasture before, and, and we're sitting there, and, and the guy who owned the place said, well, yo, y'all, some of you go that way, and some of you go that way. Well, if you've ever worked cattle, that's about all you're going to get as far as directions. That is good directions, as a matter of fact. Some of you go this way, some of you go this way. So me and, and uh, Paul, Bruce, and Shane, we, we headed out. Is it just Texas that everybody uses two names? Got Paul, Bruce, Joe, Dean, Billy Bob. <laughs> it is. Pete's saying it is. But uh, anyway, so me and Paul Bruce and, and Shane, we went this way, and, and we were going over there. I was like, do y'all even know where we're pushing cattle to? And they're like, probably that way. Like, works for me. So we get going along, and, and we're kind of spreading out. And about halfway to where we're supposed to be, um, we <laughs> – that's funny in a minute. Uh, one of them says, hey, hang on a minute before you ride off. See, there's there, there's a – there's a thing that you got to do because you never know what's going to happen, and and sometimes you got to uh, get off your horse and uh, relieve yourself. And so we all three got off, and and we were standing there. Of course, you got to stand back to back because that's not not this back to back. That's not what I mean. Y'all are dirty, but you just don't face each other. Is what I'm saying. And so anyway, we're standing there and and everything, and I noticed this bee come and they're like didn't think anything about it and then there was another bee and then that bee landed on my eyebrow you don't know whether to let go or slap the bee okay so anyway I I I decided to do my head like this and anyway all of a sudden I'm holding on to the horse's reins and I look and he's got bees on him too and so I start looking around you know, guy uh, priorities and stuff went out the window, and we looked around, and there are bees everywhere. Somebody done peed on the bee's nest or something. I don't know. So anyway, <laughs> as good friends do, we said, every man for himself. And so we got on our horses, and we whooped, and we spurred, not even zipped. Ha, oh, oh. And we, I mean, we went three different directions. I guarantee you, I ran about a mile and a half on this horse before I got away from them bees. So anyway, we're way out of line now, so we come back around and we get started. And, and I knew that the guy that was going to be, I kind of saw them other fellas spreading out. And so I was kind of on the, of us three, I was on the inside, and then Paul Bruce and Shane was on the outside. And so whenever you're working cattle, you know, if, if you're next to somebody, He's supposed to stay next to somebody. And if they start kind of coming over in your area, that means you're getting too close, so you got to scoot over a little bit. Well, I was next to this old man, and I was riding along, and I thought we were supposed to be going that way. And he kept getting closer, so I start moving over. And before you know it, I'm right next to Paul Bruce, and Paul Bruce is saying, what are you doing? I said, well, he's coming over here. I guess we're supposed to be going that way. So Paul Bruce jumps over. Before you know it, me and Shane and Paul Bruce are all riding side by side. This is like a 10-section pasture, and half of us are riding together. Finally, that old man comes up and he goes, what are y'all doing? Why aren't y'all spread out? And we're like, well, you were coming this way. He goes, oh, I was just bored. I didn't see anything, so I came to see if you saw anything. So we spread back out, 
And being the good cowboys that we were, we showed up to the pens with not a stinking head of cattle. <laughs> not a stinking head. And so, you know, what we're going to talk about today, cold makes snot come out of my nose. That is not what we're going to talk about. The Weatherby family has a problem with snoozle. That's what my wife calls it. Just stays right there. Thank goodness I've already, Dave's already done the announcements in case there's some on the microphone. Today we're going to talk about breaking the barrier. We're going to talk about organized religion. How many times have either you said this or you've heard somebody say this? Well, you know what? I believe in God. I just don't like organized religion. Well, that's all good and well. What is organized religion? Well, let's just take a look at Save the Cowboy. Is that organized religion? You know, whenever we come in here, and, and if it's your first time, uh, we'll give you a pass, but you are expected to stand back there in the back, drink massive amounts of coffee. What is this for? Thank you, honey. We're sp we want you to stand back in the back. That's not what you meant, was it? And visit, because that's, what, that's what's so great about Save the Cowboy. I love, I think that actually when we come to church, church starts when you walk through that door and you see that, that cowboy or cowgirl that you know, and you walk over there and you shake their hand, maybe it's been a week since you've seen them or something, and maybe you're just wondering if you're going to get struck by lightning because they're here. Because sometimes I've, I've heard that said. But you know what? I think that we start church when you walk in that door. The other thing, I think, is that we kind of put a hold on church for just a second so that we can hear a little bit from the Word of God. And then after we get done, then we go back to visiting with people. Visiting with friends that are here for the same purpose that you are. We are wired for friendship and camaraderie. Think about that. What is organized religion? I love the fact that I can come into a place at least once a week and hang out with cowboys and cowgirls that feel the same way about God as I do. It's refreshing to go uh, into, you know, Walmart or something. I mean, nowadays, me and Christy, we can't. We got to go to Walmart at 3 o'clock in the morning because we see everybody. We are wired for friendship and camaraderie. All of us enjoy visiting with friends, don't we? It's what makes the world go around. We're supposed to love each other as much as we love ourselves. Well, I equate that with just hanging out with people, treating people like you want to be treated. Well, if that's not so bad, why is doing it at church so wrong? I don't like organized religion. What about prayer? Jesus says, where two or more gather in my name, there I am also. Man, I, I guarantee you, if I'm praying... I. I kind of want God there with me, you know? I mean, it might be a little selfish of me, but I don't do it just so other people will think high and mighty of me. If I'm going to shut my eyes and bow my head, I want to be talking to God, and I really would like it if he was hearing me. Where two or more gather in my name, there I am also. Most of us pray if at no other time than when your horse is a little humpy or when your wife's gravy's a little lumpy. Why is praying with your friends at church so bad? What is so wrong with praying with, with your friends? We've already done it a couple of times this morning. Everybody bows their head. Man, that, there's something magical about that. So, so what is organized religion? What is so organized and so wrong about visiting with your friends at church? 
Does anybody else here consider this like their family? Or is it just me? We get to come up here and meet our family, but we don't just get to visit with them. We get to pray with them. You've heard it said many times, I just don't like organized religion. You might have said it yourself. What else do we do at Save the Cowboy? We come in, we start talking with each other, we start praying with each other. What else do we do? We get to listen to a good story most of the time. Jesus taught in parables. You ever thought about that? When I became a preacher, I have not had an ounce of cemetery training. I have not... Uh... What? Did you hear Ty? I don't have any cemetery training or anything like that. Everything I learned come out of the good book and by hanging out with some godly people. But when... <laughs> yeah. That's the way I feel about it too. But think about this. Whenever I was going to preach my first sermon, I had no idea about what to preach on. And so what I did is I went to the good book, and I, if you're going to look for somebody to, to model your sermons after, I looked at Jesus Christ himself. And I got to thinking whenever I was reading most of his, uh, most of his sermons, well, shoot, he was just telling stories that people could understand. And I thought, well, I've got tons of stories that we can relate to cowboys. We can stick Kleenex up our nose and make everybody laugh and still give a good message. What is so wrong with meeting people in the back and visiting with our friends? What is so wrong with bowing your head with some godly people, taking your hat off, saying a little prayer to Jesus, maybe to God, maybe to the Holy Spirit, all three of them, and what's so wrong with coming and sitting down and listening to a good cowboy story every now and then? Even the little kids like a good story. Why is telling one with a good message at church so bad? You thought about that? What's the problem? I don't think it's organized religion that people have a problem with. It's the way it's been done. And I guarantee you that nobody, I have heard time and time again, that until I went to cowboy church, and I, I tell you what, my wife used to play uh, the piano at a, at a little Baptist church where we used to go to. And y'all have heard me say this. One morning I woke up, and she's like, get ready. And I was like, <coughs> I don't feel good, honey. How many guys have y'all done that? <coughs> she goes, get your butt up. If you die, we're already at church. We'll throw your funeral in at the end. <laughs> Dad, gum it. All right. But since I started going to Cowboy Church, I enjoy it. It's a part of my week. It's one of the highlights of my week. The term organized religion, when done correctly, is more like gathering than religious talkity-talkity. You know what I mean? You meet at a designated spot before we go out and gather. That's what should have been done that morning before we got attacked by the bees, is to meet at a spot and then get a game plan together. Maybe say a little prayer before you ride off in search of wild maverick cattle, the lost cattle. And afterward, you get to listen to a pretty good cowboy story about bees or about getting bucked off or something like that. Cowboys have a story every single time. And if it's not a good story, we'll make one up. Most everything I say is truth. Okay. Just want to throw that in there. Most of it. Whenever I worked on the San Pedro Ranch, there was, whenever I got down there, the ranch manager's name was Baltimore Boone. And Baltimore Boone uh, 
was a Mexican man, and he his last name was Boone. And if you've ever seen the show Return to Gunsmoke, if there's a, a close-up of one of the Indians, it is Baltimore Boone. He had the high cheekbones. He had hair down to here, looked just like an Apache Indian. I love Baltimore Boone. He was, he was great. I remember one time up on the rise of this little hill, and I was waiting for the guys to come around, and I watched Baltimore enter this brush that scared pigs, and he, drove, he rode this big old paint horse that had a lead rope as a set of reins, and he wore those bracers, those things, those leather cuffs on your arms, and I watched him at a slow lope go into that brush, and I tried to track his progress through there. Of course, I couldn't see him or anything. Nothing was happening, and I was trying to guess at when he'd come out of that brush, and about the time I got to the middle, he come out the other end. He never broke stride. Stuff was a falling off his horse. He, had, he was dragging limbs and everything like that. Well, Baltimore was great to work for because he would never ask you to do anything that he wasn't willing to do himself. Whenever we went and gathered, Baltimore took the outside. The outside is the guy that has to ride the longest and the hardest. If there was a bronc to be rode, he would climb on a bronc. It didn't matter to Baltimore, and I always respected him for being the do, uh, not the do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do. He was always willing to go further and harder than he was asking you to do. About two weeks before I quit that ranch, Baltimore went to be the ranch manager, ranch manager at a bigger ranch. And um, we got this fella from Arizona. And I know there's lots of good cowboys from Arizona. And I think they were still there. I knew things were going to be just a tad bit rough whenever this guy pulls up in his sparkling white dooley with the uh, tread, you know, all nice and clean. He wasn't pulling a horse trailer or anything. And he tells me, he's like, we go out and we meet him. And he's like, he looked at me, he said, son, get my saddle out of the back of that truck and go put it in the tack room. What? Oh, all right. So I go over there, and I open the tailgate, and there sits a brand-new saddle that's never been rode before, and I was starting to think, oh, gosh, oh, my gosh. So we got it, I got it out, and I took it over there, and I put it in the, in the tack room, and the, and the next day we went out for the first time with our new ranch manager. And we were in a, in a pasture that I'd never been in before. I seem to say that a lot. And um, so we went into this pasture, and we got going, and, and this was a, a big old pasture, and it was just kind of rolling hills. And the, the, the time was about 12 noon. That sun was right there. And I got to chasing some cattle. I come up on about seven or eight head, and I got to chasing them, and they were running from me. You know, they'd get around this bush, and I'd go this way, and they'd go this way, this way, and this way. And finally, after about 20 minutes of chasing these cattle, I got them going in the direction they were supposed to go, and we was at a little trot, and we were just happy as could be, and we had about a 45-minute ride, and somebody built a fence where there wasn't supposed to be one right there across where I needed to go. I knew right then and there I was lost. It's a scary feeling whenever you're with your brand-new ranch manager and you're going out across there. And if you've ever been, I'm talking totally turned around, it is a weird and scary feeling. Well, I hit that fence, and I had two, two decisions to make. I could either go left or I could go right. And so I went right with my seven head of cattle or eight head, I don't remember what it was, and I went, and about 15 minutes later, we come right back up on the truck, and that was supposed to be about four miles the other way. 
But we had, I knew which pasture we were moving these cattle to, and I knew there was a gate into it just about a quarter of a mile down that fence line. So I just trotted my cows down the fence line, opened up the gate, put them through, shut the gate, and I went back and I just sat in the truck. No point, I mean, I can't catch up. And I don't want them to, you know, I don't want to get halfway over there and then they're looking for me and all that stuff, so I just stayed right there. Well, you got two guesses who came back to the truck first. The brand new ranch manager. Oh, Arizona. Brand new saddle. And he commenced to cussing me out. What in the world I thought this ranch had hands and rah, rah, rah. And because of you, we were seven heads short. I said, no, we weren't. He said, yes, we were too. I counted. Well, I said, you just didn't count those seven that I put through there. Look, man, I'll be honest. I got turned around. I got turned around, and, and I had cattle, and when I got back to somewhere that I knew, I put them through the fence, and he's like, well, don't you let it happen again. If you're going to be getting lost all the time, you just best hit the road. I said something that I shouldn't say at church under my breath. So the next day, we go out, and, and we're in the pasture over from that, and so we're riding along, and we're gathering and everything, and, and we're all spread out. There was Antonio and Zeferino and Tomas and myself and the new ranch manager, Arizona. And we're riding out there, and we push all these cattle through, and we get to the end. And guess who's there at the end pushing cattle through the gate? Tomas, Zeferino, Antonio, and myself. No ranch manager. Wonder where this fool's at. So anyway, we turn around and we trot all the way back across his pasture. We trot all the way out there and still no ranch manager. And so we get in the truck and we start driving around looking for Mr. Dumbs a lot. We drop, this was at 9.30 that morning in one pasture that wasn't that brushy. We found him at 11.45. When we spotted him, we saw him before he saw us. And, well, he was just a, doing this and doing this. And then whenever he finally saw us, he sat down in the deal and just kept riding. And then we pull up next to him, and he goes, y'all go on. I just decided that y'all had this, and I was going to look at the lay of this pasture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why don't you put your horse in the back? It's pretty winded. <laughs> Get in the back. He, he was lost as a goose. Lost as a goose. Ow. Jesus was never a do-as-I-say-not-as-I-do kind of leader. If it was good enough for him, then as his followers, it's good enough for us. See, Baltimore was one of these guys that he would never ask you to do something that he wasn't willing to do himself. But our new ranch manager, uh-uh, he wasn't like that at all. And I think that's a problem with quote-unquote organized religion is that Time and time again, their people have been burned by church. They've been hurt by other so-called Christians because their pastor or their leaders or whatever stand up here and talk down to you and expect you to act this way and act that way. You know what all I want you to do is be the best person that you can be, that God has called you to be. I ain't got no room to preach at anybody. I'm just passing along a little bit of what I've learned. And I dang sure ain't going to condemn anybody for it. But there were three religious things. That Jesus did. And there's no, there's no fancy way of talking to get around these religious things. We practice two, uh, I don't even know the fancy church word, uh, rituals, I guess you could say, at Save the Cowboy. 
Mainly because Jesus did. Do you know Jesus was baptized by immersion when he was 30 years old in the Jordan River? Now, I know that a lot of you may have been baptized uh, in some other church or sprinkled or anything. Guys, I'm not criticizing that. It's your faith that's important. But when people ask me, they say, how do you baptize people? I say, by immersion, because if it was, and I don't know anything else, but if it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. So we do have a little bit of organized religion. You know, Shane was just baptized last week. We've, we baptized 15 people since Save the Cowboys started, and I hope that we just double that every single year. He, but Jesus, did he need to be baptized for the forgiveness of his sins? No, but he's still led by example. And we're going to do it because he did it. The second thing that we do, the religious thing that we do, part of organized religion, is the Lord's Supper. With 12 other fellows, Jesus gave the first communion. He took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is for my body that will be broken for you. And this is, he took the wine and he said, this is a symbol of my blood that will be shed for you. And he said, when you meet together, do this in remembrance of me. And we do. We don't do it every single Sunday because I think if you do something every single Sunday, it loses its value, but that's just my opinion. But over Christmas, we do the Lord's Supper together. There's something magical about it. We do baptisms. We do the Lord's Supper, the two rituals. But you know, when people say, I don't believe in organized religion. I don't think that you have to go to a church and everything. You know what? God himself came down in the form of a man, a humble man that was willing to wash the feet of his disciples. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 16, it says this. Jesus went to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. Think about that for a second. He went to Nazareth, where he had been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. Guys, the reason I'm talking all about this is there's people that have been hurt. There are people that don't think that they have to meet together, and I guarantee you, if they only knew what we had here, they would be able to grow. They would be able to understand. Church is no longer one of this talking down, hell, fire, and brimstone. You know, as one lady said, I went to a church in the first two minutes. He sent us all to hell. I ain't going to do that. I'm, we're going we're gonna to try to all just kind of ride down the right trail and go to heaven, not hell. We're pretty good at getting there on our own sometimes. Do you feel, do you feel like it's high noon and you're lost? wandering around in a pasture and when you think you've got the right direction to go do you come up on a fence wondering if you're supposed to go right or left knowing that you're just lost as a goose maybe you're following lots of dumb or that old split fork tail fella he's easy to follow what about jesus christ you know this old world is full of tough trails and scary switchbacks our prayer is that god spoke to you today through his word If you heard God talking to you, just get on the internet and visit us at SaveTheCowboy.com. We're trying to reach every corner of the globe wherever there might be a cowboy or cowgirl that needs to hear God's word in a way that they can understand. But we can't do that without your support. You can become a saddle partner with us at our website, www.SaveTheCowboy.com, or contact us at 303-621-0133. Get out there and do what God's telling you to do.
This program was brought to you by Western LLC, facility development for the oil and gas and aviation industries across the western United States. Reach them at westernllc.net. Also by the good folks at Integrity Auto Repair in Kiowa, Colorado, and Comanche Creek Enterprises. Contact them today for no-till drilling and burrowing rodent control.